everything, everything, everything gonna be all right this morning. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Here is RP3 and Company, Way Back Wednesday edition. Good morning. Welcome to a way back Wednesday edition of RP3 and Company. I'm your host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3, the big, bald, and beautiful one, filled with plenty of vigor and energy this morning. (laughs) I'm joined here inside the game studios by the producer extraordinaire, Actually, she does everything extraordinary. The one and only Miss <laughs> Hannah Five Names. Good morning. Oh, <laughs> someone had a late night as well. <laughs> no, I'm not even a late night. I'm just there's there's still a lot I'm doing all at once right now. It's Wednesday. It's yeah. There's a lot going on in my head currently. <laughs> it's an extra kind of morning for the producer extraordinary. I love, I love being here. <laughs> Oh, man. Or as uh, my road tripping partner last night said when we got back to my house to drop him off to his vehicle, uh, he goes, Cat, it's time for you to get a little bit of a nap and go back to work. I said, you're right. Yes. You're right. <laughs> it is going to be a good day. There will be a nap in my future this afternoon. Oh, I anticipate yeah. nappage on the horizon see i say you you say that i say that but it never happens but then i won't no every time i say that i'm going to take a nap i never do Mm -hmm. i either get like that second win or i just i just keep attacking work or some some you know something will happen where i won't do it but like i should probably take a nap and then i'll do something else right and then you know there it is we're here day. for you. Hey, it is a hump day edition of the show, but it's a way back Wednesday edition of the show. And I know what you're saying to yourself, RP3, been listening to the show now for three years. What in the hell is a way back Wednesday edition? Every Wednesday here on RP3 and Company, all the music, the bumper music as we call it, it's going to be from back in the day. I and five names randomly pick a year or an era to play music from. And today, today, it's going to be 1992. What? All the music today on the show will be from 1992. So that's going to be how we're going to do things on Wednesdays moving forward. Way back Wednesdays here on RP3 and Company. In addition, because that's not enough shenanigans for us here on the show. 
you know it's Wednesday, so you know we got the foodie poll question of the week going on right here on RP3 and Company. Producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names. Before we get to the recaps, before we talk about the Pelicans and the Astros and the Cajuns and the Tigers today, which we're going to do, we're going to do a deep dive. We're going to give you all the great analysis that we possibly can. We got to let the people know what the foodie poll question of the day is. This has been a huge hit for us with the listeners. Give it to them. All right. So our food poll question of the day is what do you dip your chicken tenders in? Uh Oh, you have the options of ranch, barbecue sauce, honey mustard or other comment below. We already not only do we have votes. Where do you have a comment below? You have a comment <laughs> from Astro Gumbo, who says cane sauce or an Appaloosa's mama sauce. Oh. I don't know what mama sauce is, but I'm assuming you You might. don't know about mama sauce? I do not. I'm sorry. Mama's fried chicken. You got two locations in Appaloosa's. Okay. One by the movie theater. All right. Okay. Out there by the interstate. Okay. By I-49. And then you have the downtown location in downtown Appaloosa's. Mama's fried chicken. And you get like a sauce. They put it on the chicken strip sandwich, or you can just have it. It's like a, it's like a tartar sauce, but delightful. <laughs> okay. I'm down for that comment. I love when we open it up and give other. Right. See, it's simple just to put the four, and just give them four options and don't give them the other. I mean, they still will comment another another answer. You know that, right? Even if you give them all four comments, they will still comment will a still. different answer. <laughs> we listen to you, the listener. We know what you want. You want other is what you want. And right. we give it to you. But yes, uh, we already the votes in right now. have it as 50% for other and 25% a piece to ranch and honey mustard with nothing for barbecue sauce. Nothing for barbecue sauce. She what says. is your favorite? My, mine's actually barbecue sauce. <laughs> and I will vote for it. Not to worry. I'm, I'm waiting for it to go to. There, there we go. There's <laughs> 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 Ray's vote. Just saw it happen. I would say ranch, but more specifically, Outback's ranch. Because they put like a little bit of some cayenne and some paprika oh, in there. Fancy. Ooh. I make a really good copycat recipe of it. To the point that I asked uh, asked an actual coworker of mine to try it and then try the ranch actually there, and he was like, it's "The same ranch." He said, "No, it's not. I made that one. Tastes the same." The the dipping sauce that you used to get back in the day at Chili's for their Southwest egg rolls. Ooh, that's that was good really too. good. That's really good. It's kind of like a ranch, right? Yeah, kind of like a ranch. So yes, there you go. That's our foodie poll question of the day. What do you dip your chicken tenders in? We asked the tough questions here on RP3 and Company. We're going to play music today from 1992, and we're going to talk about food. What dipping sauce is your jam? (laughs) Good morning and welcome. (laughs) We got three guests lined up for you today. All in the back half of the show like normal. Ron Higgins, the mad dog, fresh off the cruise. Back, better than ever, refreshed. Our friend from Tiger Details, the award-winning columnist, is going to join us to talk all things LSU. Vinny Iyer, NFL reporter for the Sporting News, will join us as well to help preview, get us ramped up for the NFL draft, which, by the way, will be a week from tomorrow. Yes, a week from tomorrow. And then, of course, 
Andrew Juge, our good friend from the Saints Happy Hour podcast, will give his thoughts about the Saints draft plans and rumors about them talking and interviewing with Jarvis Landry, the former LSU star. Could there be a reunion in Louisiana? So those are our three guests. Of course, the hotline is always open. We love to hear from you. 337-706-0111. That's 337-706-0111. And we're going to start off today's show, though, talking about those Pelicans. Needed to win last night. Had to get a win. And that's exactly what they did. They took advantage of Devin Booker injuring his hamstring. Not for sure how severe that injury is because he was going off and just lighting up the Pelicans in the first half. He gets injured and the Pels take advantage. And look, this is what you got to do. There's, there's going to be no feeling sorry for the competition here. Because they wouldn't feel sorry for you. So why would you feel sorry for them? And the Pels did exactly what they needed to do. Get a split on the road to open up their playoff series. They drop game one. They come back and they get game two. And they played extremely well down the stretch. I mean, we were following it on the way home last night from the baseball game at the box. And every time Phoenix in the last five minutes or so would make a three-pointer to cut it down to a four-point game or three-point game, the Pelicans would answer with a bucket or with making free throws or whatever it might be. Brandon Mingram, C.J. McCollum, Herb Jones, they all stepped up for the team, played lights out. Jackson Hayes played better than he did in the first game. And the Pelicans... Even up the series with a 125 to 114 victory Tuesday night out in Phoenix. The Western Conference first round series is now knotted up at one game apiece. Game three will be Friday night in New Orleans. Game four will be Sunday in New Orleans as well. Ingram set the tone 37 points from the All Star. Love seeing that. Finally gets to play in the playoffs for the first time in his career. And after a so-so performance in game one, he shined. He shined. He stepped up. The spotlight was not too big for him. 37 points. C.J. McCollum added, chipped in 23 points. As the Pels pull off, for some people, a big stunner. But look, when you're in these seven-game series and you're on the road, that's what you're looking for. Chris Paul had a dominant fourth-quarter performance in Game 1 to seal the win for the Suns. Brandon Ingram this time, he's the one that stepped up. He was the best player on the floor. And they get the win. And you wonder, will this series now shift? Can it shift? I guess it's going to be based on the extent of Booker's injury, right? He's their probably their best player. You could argue maybe Chris Paul is, but it's a one-two thing there in Phoenix. 
DeAndre Aiden's a good player, even a very good player, but he's not as good as Chris Paul or Devin Booker. And Booker gets buckets. And, you know, he was just lighting up the pills, out there dapping up toddlers the whole nine yards. And Booker's injury is supposed to be slight. A slight hamstring. But the all-star guard scored 31 points in the first half before leaving with a right hamstring tightness in the third quarter. And remember, Phoenix led the NBA with 64 wins. That's a franchise record. And they were trailing 77-74 when he left the game and did not return. And the Pelicans took over. Will Booker be able to go? That's going to be the big question mark. Because if Devin is not able to go, their best scorer, an all-star guard who can get you buckets and drain three-pointers, if he can't go, that opens up the door for the New Orleans Pelicans. Because it is going to be rocking at the Smoothie King Center Friday and Sunday. You know this. And the tightness in the hamstring, that's something you can't rush. That takes time. That takes rest. And when you do injure it, it tends to creep back up. Could the Pelicans take advantage? It's going to be right there for them. Take away Booker's injury status. We'll talk more about that, say, tomorrow and Friday leading into the game. Because if Devin can't go, it's going to be gut check time for Phoenix. Chris Paul's leadership is going to be counted on, and somebody else is going to have to be counted on to get points for Phoenix as they're going to come on the road and play in a hostile environment because you saw how the Smoothie King Center sold out towards the end, how good they were in the play-in tournament. The crowd will be there, especially Friday. Sunday, maybe. Friday night, the crowd will be will be loud. For the Pelicans, you did what you were supposed to do. You got the split. Now you give yourself an opportunity where the series is not going to end on your floor. That's what you've ensured. It's going to have to go back to Phoenix. And you went on the road, which is tough against a veteran team, a team that played in the NBA Finals a year ago. But I always give pause before jumping to things here because we see this all the time, specifically in the NBA, where a team will take a game early, and you're like, oh, this team is in the series, and then the other team that was expected to sweep that opponent then just gets pissed off and then does the gentleman sweep and wins in five. So it's really going to depend on Booker's injury status. But I like the Pelicans' chances of stealing a game at home as well. Could I see this series going six games? Yes. Do I still like Phoenix to win this series? Yes. But I could see New Orleans winning a game at home as well. Possibly even Friday night. But the Pels did their job credit them they stepped up in a big way on the road took advantage of an injured player for phoenix and got the win and now this western conference first round playoff series is knotted up one game apiece Woo, nba playoffs gotta love it
we got to take a timeout. Coming up next, Astros taking on the Halos. It did not go well for Framer Valdez. A second straight poor outing for the Astros starter as the Angels and a bunch of guys that you never heard of took advantage. We'll talk about that next on this Way Back Wednesday edition of RP3 and Company right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. P3 is the epitome of a high roller, constantly making large bets. But by doing that, the minimum bet is a dollar for a win, a dollar for a place, a dollar for a show. So it's essentially a $3 bet. That netted me a cool $6.70. What? Okay, so he's not a risk taker. He's your best bet for sports talk. 19. Hit me. 20. Hit me. 21. Hit me. 22. Go! Now, back to more RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The NBA playoffs means next level basketball. Get in on the first round action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets instantly. You win no matter what. All DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on NBA hoops with same game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. Plus, each day of the first round, get a risk-free bet up to $10 if your same game parlay does not hit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use promo code 1037GAME. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game during the first round of playoffs and get $150 $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code 1037GAME at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Availability does vary by parish. Eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for full terms and conditions. Welcome back to a way back Wednesday edition of RP3 and Company. Oh, yeah, lots of uh, West Coast Pacific Northwest music will be showed, will be heard today <laughs> on this Way Back Wednesday edition as we go back to 1992. I only knew listening to them three songs. Oh, wow. One of them we play all the time. Okay, four songs. <laughs> you, only knew, you only know four of the songs? Yeah. Oh, Come as you are. Were you even born in 1992? No. Oh, my goodness. Man. 98, homie. Ooh. Ooh, ooh. So you were born after I graduated high school? I guess so. There I it is. So. There it is. There it is. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you, five names, no problem. for making me feel young at heart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course. Okay, so what songs did you know? Um, Let's see. Hold on. Let me write the list, and I can tell you. Okay, um, 
A new plush by Stone Temple Pilots. There we go. Uh, Come As You Are from Nirvana. And where's the other one that I knew I knew? (laughs) (laughs) Um, No Rain by Blind Melon. There you go. And then, of course, Pantera Walk, because we play it every single day. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, goody. (laughs) Oh, wait. It wasn't No Rain. It was Under the Bridge by the Red Red Hot Hot Chili Chili Peppers Peppers instead. Okay, all right. Don't forget to vote on our poll question of the day. It's our foodie question of the week, obviously. We do this every Wednesday where we ask you a food question. And today's question, it's important. It's important. (laughs) What do you dip your chicken tenders in? We got to know. Is it ranch? Is it barbecue sauce? Is it honey, mustard, or is it other? We've already had a mama's fried chicken sauce. Write-in vote here. Cane's sauce can be Mm -hmm. thrown in there. Where do we stand on some of our comments? Okay, so from Facebook. Ryan Ortigo says other cane sauce or Wawi sauce. You know what Wawi sauce is? Because I don't know. I don't know. Okay. You're looking at you're, you're looking at you're looking at me. Uh, Blaine Smith says country gravy. Oh, country gravy. <laughs> Go to Dairy <laughs> Queen and get yeah. the country. There it is. There it is. Uh, let's see what else we got. Um, Blade Painter or Blythe. I'm not sure yet. Still. It depends on the tender. If I'm a Chick-fil-A, then barbecue sauce. Crispy, t- crispy, crunchy chicken with honey mustard. Cane's tenders with cane sauce. And Popeye's with black and ranch. Popeye's? No. That uh, sweet heat sauce? Bomb. The buffalo sauce? Bomb. Especially when you put it on your like, mashed potatoes and gravy, you put the buffalo sauce in there? <sighs> now, the black and ranch and the Mardi Gras mustard are... Mm. I'm not sure about Mardi Gras mustard. But the Black and Ranch. Black and Ranch is good now. And they don't have them over here. But when we lived in Texas, they have a place called Chicken Express, which is just a chicken tender place. (laughs) And their thing is gravy. White gravy. gravy. White gravy. Game changer. Uh, I I gained a lot of weight because there was one literally across the street from our apartment complex. Uh. (laughs) So there was a lot of Chicken Express in my life. For about a two-year period. So, um, on the Twitters. On um, the Twitters? On the Twitters, you say. Let's get to some of those comments on the Twitters. (laughs) JPK the OD says, every gas station in Louisiana has a homemade version of cane sauce. It is the only option. JPK the OD comes back again. My man is volume tweeter this morning. Fact, Louisiana gas stations have better food and liquor selections than the best restaurants in any other state. I mean, he's not lying. He's not. He's possibly. He, he may not be wrong. Hart says, PSA, everyone swears by cane sauce, but if you haven't tried it yet, ask for their honey mustard. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. They whoa. make honey mustard. They do. Cane's has a honey mustard? Yes. I got a buddy of mine from Bayushiko. Grew up there. Lived in Alexandria a long time. Became best friends. He now lives in Indiana. He's actually had... When he comes back down, because he swears it's different, and they don't have one where he lives in Indiana, he will buy the gallon of cane sauce and take it back really? home with him. Yes. 
instead of just looking up copycat Kane's recipe? Hey, sometimes you just want to buy it and not have to make it yourself. Five names. Yeah, but usually it's cheaper. I can't explain Mike Doyle's way of thinking here. I'm just wow. sharing with you Drop a name. that sometimes people <laughs> love the sauce. And you're already passing judgment on someone. Wow. I'm not wow. Judgment. I'm saying, to me, it's easier to make it myself because then one, I make it. So I have to go to the actual place to go get it. Herschel says so. a mixture of ketchup slash steak sauce or canes. And, of course, you already said Astro Gumbo cane sauce or an Opelousas Mama sauce. Now, some ketchup mixed with some Tony's or Sloppy Mama and mayonnaise. Fantastic. Well, now you're making your own dipping sauce. That's all you're doing. You're making your own, like, crawfish dipping sauce, which you can do do with a little mustard, mayonnaise, and ketchup. Yeah, but you also need, like, Worcestershire sauce and something else. I watched a video of somebody making their crawfish dip. Do you need my wife to show you how to make crawfish dip? Because she no. makes her own. She will literally, when we go to a restaurant, nine times out of ten, she will not accept their sauce. She will ask for the stuff to make her own. <laughs> First time she does, I go, what are you doing? They already have sauce made up. Why are we taking time out to do <laughs> She goes, She goes, because I want it made the way I want it to be made. I go, yes, dear. Yes, dear. Just saying. Then she taught me how to make it. Because I tried to make some dipping sauce one time, and I thought it was just okay. And my wife goes, what'd you do? And then she literally went into the kitchen and made, made it herself. Made it herself. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I got to make it just like this then. Yeah. <laughs> I watch my aunt do it all the time whenever I'd go back home. but uh, It's never the same. No. Never the same. Poll question of the day, our foodie question of the week, if you will. What do you dip your chicken tenders in? 30% of you say other, 35% say barbecue sauce, 20% say honey mustard, 15% say ranch. I'm surprised by the ranch numbers. I thought the ranch would be higher. Really? I thought it was going to be ranch, well, kind of below, then ranch, and then it'd probably be a tie for barbecue sauce and honey mustard. That's what I was going to think. There you go. There you go. We'll see by the end. Sorry. We'll see. Plenty of time to vote on this poll question right. of the day. Plenty of time for all of your gifts that somehow always come out the most. On the food poll question. The people love the food poll question. You Thank listening, you, you love Thank the food you, poll Hart. question. Like, Shout out to JPK, though, D, and Hart. Credit. And all of them. Salty Steve. <laughs> I can't wait to hear Salty Steve's. Oh, I'm waiting on, on it. I'm waiting, too. We got to take a timeout. <laughs> we didn't even get to the Astros, did we? We didn't, no. we didn't even get to the Astros. We got distracted by music and food. Welcome to the Way Back Wednesday edition. RP3 and company. We'll try to get to the Astros, Cajuns, LSU, everything that happened on the diamond coming up after this timeout. You're listening to the game 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. RP3 grew up dreaming of one day playing right field for the Atlanta Braves, just like his hero, Dale Murphy. I wanted to grow up and be Dale Murphy. Little Raymond, though, wasn't quite the caliber of athlete of his childhood hero as his lone highlights as a ball player were being beamed twice in the head. That actually explains a lot. 
Back to more RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Southwest Louisiana's Louisiana's sports station. Late 80s, early 90s, U2 is the best. Just the best. Just the best. Woo. And they made some great records. I mean, that random like album they put on everyone's phone, I think it was like the iPhone 11, I think. Everyone had the like software update, and a randomly a U2 <laughs> album appeared on everyone's phone. And oh, I was like, man. all right. No idea who you are. Oh, wow. Thanks for coming. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, this woman just said she doesn't know who you two is. You really don't know who you two is? No. You have no idea. You have no idea who Bono, The Edge, Adam Clayton, Larry Mullins are. You have no idea who you two is? Do you, do you, do I don't do you, do know you what you want to- me to list on what kind of music I listen to <sighs> on the daily? I will excuse, I will excuse the fact that you may not be familiar with Alice in Chains or even Pearl Jam. I'll, I'll be, uh, okay. I know of okay. the names of some of these bands. Does that mean but you don't are? know you 2 No, no. Way in- back Wednesday edition is already, I already regret this decision. Okay. I already regret this decision. You said to go 25 years back. That's older than me. That's actually 30. It's actually 30 years. See, 30 years back. 1992 that's was 30 more. years ago. That's, that's, you know, that's, that's more. That's more. I'm only yeah, but see, but going see, to be turning this 24 is, But see, this, this is year. what kills me Why? about you youngins. It's as if nothing existed before you were born. I am not saying How that. were you not raised with great music? How were you not passed down great movies and music and television shows how is that not passed down to you and you were exposed to these things or found out about these things like i watched movies from the 40s and the 50s i was not around for the 40s and the 50s but i watch it i know movies from the 1960s and music from the 1960s i have rolling stone records i wasn't around for when the rolling stones were at their peak but i have an appreciation for them but I also don't like classic rock or anything. Like, that's not what I listen to. Country, musicals, fire. That's what I call playlist, fire playlist. I may need to do some day drinking today. How about we not and say we didn't? Doesn't like classic rock? No, I'm not that big a fan. I don't hate it, but it's not like, that's not my jam. That's not what I go to. I'm picking the next playbook Wednesday. No, you're not. Mm-hmm. No, you're not. Mm-hmm. No, you're not. You crushed my soul. My heart is now I broken. crushed your soul? It's, my soul has been crushed. Doesn't even know who you two is. How see, is this possible? See, I know of them because they appeared on my phone like four years ago when everyone decided, you know what? Let's put you two on everyone's phone for... No reason. Just so y'all all have it. I don't know what to do. 
I don't I don't know what to do with you. I'm just going to start talking about baseball is what I'm going to start doing. Yeah, my Mariners no won idea. last night. I have no idea what to do with you. They beat the Rangers 6 to 2. Yeah, congratulations to your Seattle Mariners. Well, the Astros lost. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, the Astros did lose. I-, I feel like we're all losing right now. I feel like you're losing and I'm losing based on this way back Wednesday. This may be a one and done situation here if things don't turn around. <laughs> Astros lost last night to the Los Angeles Angels at home at Minute Maid Ballpark. Jai Dell had a career high three hits. For the Angels, they had a big fifth inning to pull out the 7-2 win. Framer Valdez was not good yet again. He was good in the opener, but now two starts in a row, Framer has not been what we call good. Struggling to find the strike zone, struggling with his command. Remember, the second game, they were at, Arizona and they talked about it on the broadcast where they said well look it may be a situation because there's no humidity he can't grip onto the ball it's a little slick for his fastball but he could throw the curve well okay that may work why he had such control issues early on against the Diamondbacks but they were back home last night in the confines of Minute Maid Ballpark and whew, he did not look good. He just did not look good. He's now one and one on the season. His ERA is now almost five, four and a half on the year as he gets tagged with a loss, only lasting four and a third innings. That's it. That's all Framer gave him last night, giving up six earned runs, walking four batters. The Astros are going to need Framer Valdez to pitch better. They need him to pitch like he did on opening day, not like he's done the last two outings. Now, things come and go, ups and downs for pitchers, but Astros got to get better from Framer Valdez. And this lineup is not stout. Mike Trout did not play in this game, by the way. Neither did Jose Altuve for the Astros, but there was no Mike Trout. Framer Valdez got beat up by a bunch of dudes. That's all. Just by a bunch of dudes. Not optimal. 7-2 loss at home. Strohs suffer. Game three of that series will be played later on today. Early evening contest, 541st pitch. You'll listen to a, an abbreviated version of Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh, and they'll lead you in right into Astros, Angels, live for Minute Maid Ballpark. So, yeah, Framer's got to be better. He's just got to be better. But that wasn't the only action on the diamond last night. Cajuns, Tigers, they got after it at Alex Box Stadium for the Wally Ponoff Jr. Classic. And this was an interesting game. First six outs of the game were flyouts. And the ball was carrying early, but then the wind was blowing in just enough for the ball to die out in the outfield. But then it stopped. And then it stopped because then it was, hey, look what we can do. It's time for solo home runs. And Morgan gets the first one for the Tigers. He gets after it, belts that pitch all day long. 
Cooper Rawls gives up gives up the early shot, but still this is a game. This is a game for a while. Because that's just a solo home run over the left field wall. Okay? Then the Cajuns come right back. After Trey Morgan gets that solo home run, they're in the bottom of the second to break up the scoreless game and the hitless game, by the way. Reggie Cajuns respond with Connor Kimple leading off and taking a pitch from Ty Floyd and sending it over the left field wall. Then... The Cajuns would take the lead with another solo home run from Carson Rockefort in the top of the fourth. But what was key in this game was Floyd. Because after he gave up that first solo home run, he was dealing. He gave up that first solo home run that tied the game, and he settled down as he would strike out seven of the next nine raging Cajun batters he faced. The one blemish was the other solo home run he gave up in the fourth. But he settled down, started striking out Cajun batters. And then in the bottom of the fourth, trailing two to one, LSU just broke the game wide open. Kay Doty led it off with the double. That looked like it should have been caught, but you had your designated hitter playing left field. He was not prepared to play left field. That should have been caught. Instead, it just went over his head, and he just turned around and caught it off the bounce off the wall. And it's just little things like that that the Cajuns didn't do well last night. And LSU took advantage. And LSU needed to take advantage because they were coming off being swept at Arkansas. They needed a bounce-back game in a big way. And with Floyd dealing, they did that. And then in the bottom of the fourth, like I said, K. Doty led off with the double. Two batters later, he scored on a two-run home run by Jordan Thompson. There was no doubt when he hit it. You are just like, that's gone. That, that was gone. Thompson hits it, but they weren't done. Jonathan Brandon, who has been asked about, Deggs has been asked about him continuing playing second base because of fielding miscues, and then he had a fielding miscue again. And they could have got out the inning because they strike out the next batter. That would have been out number three. But the inning gets extended. And they just kept piling on the runs. They would add two more runs again later on. But credit former St. Thomas Moore star Josh Stevenson, the Tigers' nine hitter. He drew a two-out walk to extend that inning, and Josh Pearson was then hit by a pitch which loaded the bases. Then Dylan Cruz stepped to the box and drove in two runs with a single through the right side. And the reason why the right side was completely wide open is because the Cajuns were playing the shift. Right there, two runs. I hate the shift, by the way. I just, I just, I'm not a fan, not a fan. And so many teams are doing it, and I see so many teams taking advantage of the team doing the shift. Cajuns would add two runs in the top of the seventh with a two-out single, but that wasn't nearly enough. Tyler Robertson's hitting streak comes to an end. 14 straight games. He went 0 for 4 last night with two strikeouts. So that hitting streak comes to an end for the Raging Cajuns. And also, the two teams combined to play 11 pitchers. <laughs> Love those midweek contests. Midweek contests. Let's use all the pitchers we could possibly can. 
Everyone gets to play. Woof. LSU will return to action with a three-game series Thursday through Saturday against Mizzou when they come to town to Alex Box. The Raging Cajuns, meanwhile, they'll get a chance to get another victory or two against a quality opponent with an RPI. Georgia State's RPI is 35. 35. That's who the Cajuns play this weekend on the road. Can they win that series? That's ooh, Then they're going to just make that resume look better to get an at-large bid for the NCAA regionals. We got to take a timeout. More RP3 and company coming up right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You love sports. We love sports. Lafayette Marvel and Granite is all about earning your business. And trust me, earn it, they will. They are the South's largest cultured marble factory. And they provide more than show-stopping marble countertops for just kitchens and bathrooms. They also can handle your man cave, your outdoor living areas. You love entertaining, especially during the fall for football season. Cajuns, Tigers, Saints, Cowboys. You want to do it in style. You want to impress your family, your friends. You want to be the talk of the neighborhood. And guess what? Lafayette Marble and Granite is going to help make that happen. Visit their website, lmgelite.com. That's lmgelite.com to learn more about all the sensational services and great products that they have to offer. Live inventory is updated every single Wednesday. Hello, that's today. Visit lmgelite.com or stop by their showroom located right there on I-49 North across from Hub City Ford. Lafayette Marble and Granite. They're looking to earn your business and trust me, earn it they will. Let's check in on the poll question of the day, shall we? It's Wednesday. It's a way back Wednesday edition of RP3 and Company, which means you're going to get two things on this show every Wednesday. You're going to get throwback music throughout the entirety of the show. One. Two. Five names will not know any of the music. Three. We'll have a great foodie question of the day. Four. Hannah Five Names will likely give me the business multiple times on the Wednesday edition as I make fun of her for not knowing older music, and then she'll just cut my mic off. Can we do classic country next week? I already had to line it up. Aww. But you, do you see? See? <laughs> see, Buzz Killington? I was already going to take I care was, of you. I already had the list. You call I already me. have it on the phone making up the list if you for early 90s country Buzz for you. Killington one more time. Uh-oh. I will call Tina. You better not and call Tina right wake, now. You better will, not call will, Tina right now. I will have her wake up, Patty, and have them both yell at you. First of all, Hattie is at her Mimi and Pops. And then tomorrow, she, and then tonight, she'll be spending the night with her grandma. So she will not be made available. <laughs> so you'll have to wait for later in the week. I will find Poll Mimi question of the day. What do you dip your chicken tenders in? 33% of you say other. 29% say barbecue, 21% say honey mustard, 17% of you say ranch. Already got 42 votes on this. <laughs> I love y'all. <laughs> Steve, Salty Steve, 
I love to dip Cajun chicken in the basin on their way home from a spanking in Baton Rouge. It helps cool it off. Hashtag go Tigers. Hashtag sorry, little brother. Salty Steve with the salty comment. Woo! Brad says, Frank's red hot buffalo sauce over Dairy Queen chicken tenders. Oh, Brad. Brad, I have not experienced this. I'm, <laughs> I'm getting ideas. I'm writing, da- I'm writing these down. Doug says, I love to doctor my honey mustard with hot sauce. Ooh, that is a... Ooh, ooh, ooh. I'm not a big fan of honey mustard. I don't know why, but I've never been. Jacques says, white gravy with three exclamation points. He's very excited about it. I agree. Thomas says, Texas Pete Buffalo Sauce. Oh, keep those comments coming. Keep those votes coming on our foodie poll question of the day. Hour number one in the books. Hour number two coming up right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Welcome back to this Way Back Wednesday edition of RP3 and Company. We're to the halfway point of the week. Woo. We like to have fun. We like to have fun with you. It's Way Back Wednesday. All the music, 1992. Going to be a lot of alt-rock metal today, just to give you the heads up. <laughs> Way Back Wednesday edition. It's also our foodie poll question of the week. That's right. It's a good one. You guys are already out there getting fired up. What do you dip your chicken tenders in is our foodie poll question of the week. Right now, 34% of you say other. 30% say barbecue sauce. 20% say honey mustard. 16% say ranch. Keep those votes coming on our poll question of the day. Leave your comments on Facebook and the Twitters. We've touched a lot of topics so far today. LSU uses a five-run fourth inning to take control against the Louisiana Raging Cajuns in the Wally Ponoff Jr. Classic last night at Alex Box Stadium. They pull out the 8-4 victory. They snap their losing skid as they get back to SEC play this coming weekend, Thursday through Saturday, as they take on Mizzou. Jay Johnson's team gets back on track. Matt Deggs' team will look to get back on track on the road at Georgia State for a key Sunbelt Conference series for the Rage of Cajuns. Georgia State's got an excellent RPI. We'll see if that happens. Houston Astros humbled at home last night at Minute Maid Ballpark in the second game of their series with the Los Angeles Angels. No Mike Trout, no issue for the, for the visiting Angels as Framer Valdez was not his best not his best is a nice way of saying that second straight start that he looked bad Paul Ball 
only lasted four and a third as the Angels take down the Astros seven to two. The two teams will face off again tonight at Minute Maid Ballpark. First pitch set for 540, and you can listen to all the exciting action right here on the game. Crunch time with Miguez and Mesh will be slightly abbreviated as they'll lead you into live Astros baseball tonight. Also, got to give some love to the ladies. The Raging Cajun softball team edged out number 25 ranked Illinois last night. Four to two in eight innings as they won the second of their back-to-back-to-back games. They beat St. Louis, Mercy Rule, on Monday. They take down number 25, Illinois, last night, four to two in eight innings, and they'll take on Indiana on the road tonight. Jerry Glasgow's team will. They improved to 31 and 10 on the season. The LSU softball team, meanwhile, they went on the road and defeated McNeese in Lake Charles, seven to one. And also some news to report and something I've been bringing up numerous times about New Orleans. And I'm not talking about the Pelicans evening the series against the Phoenix Suns, which they did last night. They're going to make a series out of it. I don't know if they can win it. That's what our friend Hart is messaging me on Twitter about. I don't think they can beat Phoenix. I still think Phoenix wins this series in six, but I do believe the Pelicans are going to make make the Phoenix Suns earn every win in this series but no the other thing about New Orleans is the reports coming out that five-time pro bowler and former LSU star Jarvis Landry is visiting with the team either today or tomorrow they're in the market for a wide receiver and this will be the second time this offseason that a former LSU star has come to interview with the Saints Tyron Matthews the other he was not signed he remains unsigned the star safety Jarvis Landry is coming to town. Could he be their number two wide receiver they've been looking for? Ooh. So we, we touched on a lot of it. Touched on a lot of it. Right now, let's head out to the hotline. Welcome on Reynolds to the show. Bud, good morning to you, man. What's on your mind? Mo- morning, morning, morning. Uh, Cane's dipping sauce with any chicken nugget or any chicken strip. There it is. There it is. There it is. Oh, that cane sauce is good. I drink that stuff. <laughs> and let, let me just let me just say this: I will cry like a baby if Hannah Five Names does not know Fleetwood Mac. Tell me, okay. I, I know Fleetwood Mac. I wouldn't. Don't don't cry. Don't cry. Oh, oh thank thank God. I mean, guys, cry. I was I was gonna quit the show. Honestly, <laughs> You're if you did not. Quit have, the I, show? I, I mean, come on. What's wrong with these youngins? It's not that I'm a youngin' is the problem. It's the problem is that I'm just not a big fan of classic rock to begin with. So it's not what I grew up around to, you know, for starters. So it's just something that I I, I know. Uh, but but there is classic rock. Me, there there is classic rock that you would like if you you say you're a big country girl. So yes. Fleetwood Mac is not mm-hmm. that much of a leap to say that you would like their music. The Eagles, Almond Brothers, the, Leonard Skinner. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of connections there. That's not that far off to get from some classic rock artists, some artists from the '70s. If you like country as well, so there is, yes. you know, so oh, so Randall, she, she she likes she knows Fleetwood Mac. What so would, what would Steve Miller yeah. band be what? considered as? Steve Miller would be considered classic rock, but that a Abra lot of people Kadabra. that like country like, that like Steve Miller as well. I like Abracadabra. Well, that, there is hope for her yet. 
I'm trying. I'm sorry. That generation is not totally lost. So we're okay. Okay, three, let me ask you this. All right, bud, what so you got? I was thinking about, so I heard about Jarvis Landry. I'm excited. I think he'd be a great addition. But why isn't uh, Tyron Matthews, I mean, they had a chance. I can't believe that their secondary is that shirt up that they couldn't use Tyron Mathis. Because he has a, a really high uh, uh, engine, revved engine. Uh, why isn't he signed yet? And I think that Jarvis Landry would be a, would be a great addition. addition. Ronan, I appreciate the phone call, brother. I'll answer both of those questions, man. Enjoy your day, my friend. All right, bye. I think the thing with Tyron is that the the money may not be where it needs to be. I also think now we're in this period leading up to the draft where teams are not going to sign somebody because they want to see who they can draft. Because here's the thing. If you're the Saints, you can draft a safety. Let's say, because they got three picks in the top 50. Let's say they don't trade up. Let's say they don't take the quarterback because I'm not buying that. Let's say they want to, they're on their board. They're like, okay, guys, this is what we need to do. We need to draft an offensive lineman, a wide receiver, and a safety. Well, let's say they use pick number 49 in the second round on a safety. Well, then they can lock in that player at the rookie rate of pay for three to four years. You see how this works? Tyron's going to cost you a little bit more. I think they're interested in having the Honey Badger on their roster. I also think the Honey Badger's just to the point now where he's just like, hey, I'm just going to be easy, going to be cool about this. I'm going to sit back and wait because he's not the only guy that's out there. There's other free agents that are just kind of waiting because they're going to wait to see what happens with the draft, see what teams are going to take what, and then you're going to see a, a slew of free agent signings afterwards. Same thing with Jarvis Landry. Cleveland's still in the mix. They would like to bring back Landry there in Cleveland. But, and I think he would want to play with Deshaun Watson. But I also think Jarvis would like to come home. And I've heard the argument from folks, well, you know, he's not a speedster. You're right, he's not. He's not, he's not a guy that's going to take the top off of the defense. He's just not. He's never been that guy. Never been that guy. But you know what he is? He's a reliable pass catcher. We, we, we get locked into this notion of roles in an offense. And you know what the Saints like? They like having guys that can do multiple things. Jarvis can give you multiple things. Line him up as your number two. You have Deontay Harris now Hardy as the guy that can take the top off. Traquan Smith has speed. He can take the top off. So that guy that takes the top off the defense is not someone that's going to get you six, five, six catches and 115 yards a game. That's not their job. That's not what they do. They're going to be the guy that's going to get you a big chunk play once, maybe, maybe twice a game. 50-yard catch. That's what they're going to give you. The guy that takes the top off the defense when you're playing fantasy football is the guy that you struggle with putting in your lineup constantly because he's only going to get – it's feast or fathom. He's only going to get you one catch, maybe two. You know what Jarvis Landry is going to get you every game? Five, six, seven catches. Doesn't drop the ball. Holds on to it. 
provides you with leadership. He's built similar like Michael Thomas. There, I get it. But think about it this way. And, and a lot of Saints fans aren't thinking about this way. Everyone wants them to get Jamison Williams out of Alabama. I, I love Jamison. Guy may not play until November. And he's not going to go through training camp. So how much is he going to help you? But look at your offense. Michael Thomas, wide out. Let's say you get Jarvis Landry as your number two. Taysom Hill's your tight end now. So Thomas, Taysom Hill, Jarvis Landry, and then you can rotate guys out there, whether that's Deontay Hardy, Traquan Smith, or Callaway, as those guys that can take the top off or be your number four, number five wide receivers. What do you think a quarterback likes more? Jameis loves throwing the deep ball. He's very good at it. Then that's Deontay Hardy or Traquan Smith. You have two guys that can take the top off. They're not elite wide receivers, but they can do that one job of stretching the field. And because of that threat, and because you're not going to be able to double-team Michael Thomas because you got Jarvis Landry on the field too. Think about it that way. You're all, who's going to be the deep threat, right? Who's going to... If you add Jarvis Landry to the Saints wide receiving core, you can't double Michael Thomas now. Now you got favorable matchups on both sides of the field with Thomas and Landry. Oh, and guess what? Now that now that frees up Taysom Hill not to be doubled either at tight end. And now I have favorable matchups at three positions in my in my receiving core. Imagine that. And obviously Kamara is going to be suspended more than likely, but Alvin catches the ball really well at the backfield too. Now I have all these pass catchers. You know what you need to extend drives in the National Football League? You need guys who can catch the damn ball. They didn't have that last year. They had a bunch of dudes that couldn't catch. Did not have consistent pass catchers. Michael Thomas, consistent pass catcher. Jarvis Landry, consistent pass catcher. You can develop Taysom Hill into a consistent pass catcher. That's what he's the best at is catching the ball. Alvin Kamara, consistent pass catcher. Boy, that sounds like a good offense for a quarterback, doesn't it? Just saying. Stop thinking in terms of how would you build a roster in Madden. Think about it of what a team's looking for. Guys that are versatile. Jarvis Landry is not a selfish player. Jarvis Landry is reliable. Jarvis Landry goes over the middle and catches the tough passes for you. How does that not help your team? Adding Jarvis Landry makes a lot of sense. I've said it for months. That makes a ton of sense for the Saints. Because you brought back Traquan Smith on the one-year deal. You got Deontay Hardy. Let them be your burners. Hell, you you got two guys that can stretch the field, be the burners. Get after it. Hell, go four wide if you want. Thomas Landry can go across the middle. They can do your slants. Traquan and Deontay Hardy can stretch the field. And then you got Taysom Hill tight end. Boom! Alvin Kamara coming out of the backfield. Sure does seem like that would work to me. But what do I know? I like U2 songs. <laughs> More of this Way Back Wednesday edition of RP3 and Company. Hotline's still open. 
337-706-0111. That's 337-706-0111. You're listening to the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. RP3 grew up dreaming of one day playing right field for the Atlanta Braves, just like his hero, Dale Murphy. I wanted to grow up and be Dale Murphy. Little Raymond, though, wasn't quite the caliber of athlete of his childhood hero as his lone highlights as a ball player were being beamed twice in the head. That actually explains a lot. Back to more RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles wants to take you out to the ball game with our latest Astros weekend getaway. The Houston Astros take on the Texas Rangers on May 21st, and you can be there to cheer on the Strohs. Register in the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com to score four tickets, a tour of the ballpark, hotel accommodations that Saturday night. That's right. I'll say it again. Four tickets, tour of the ballpark, and hotel accommodations, Rangers, Astros, at Minute Maid, Saturday, May 21st. It's our latest Astros weekend getaway, and they are powered by Butcher AC, Lay Meridian, Houston, downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Go register in the clubhouse right now so you can get the Astros weekend getaway. Be more like five names. She's going to the Astros. Is that this weekend? Yep. Oh, are you excited? I am very excited. So, the Astros are not your team. No. And your team, the Mariners, are not, in fact, playing the Astros. Yes. But it is going to be your first trip to a Major League Baseball ballpark. Yes. Are you going to behave yourself, or are you going to talk smack to Astro fans while you're there? Walking around with a Mariners shirt on going, what up, losers? Well, if my shirt comes in by then, I will probably be <laughs> <laughs> You're getting a custom shirt, right, with your name on the back? Yes. Oh, I'm excited about that. Hey, when it comes in, can you wear it to the to, to the station? Oh, yeah. That was the oh, plan. Oh, absolutely. See, I told you and Foot about it, but I didn't tell Miguez and Mesh about it yet so that I can, like, walk in and, like, have my quarter zip on and be like, oh, it's really hot. I need my quarter zip off. And I take it off. And it's a, oh, yeah. We should definitely make that, make that our group trip. Is when the Mariners come in to take that take on the Astros. Yes, because Miguez is a diehard Astros fan. Mm-hmm. Mesh, I think, is an Astros fan. I, I, I don't he's think not a big he baseball has a, guy. Yeah, he doesn't have a team, but obviously, Foot's an Astros fan. Yeah, and even though neither one of those teams are my team, I'm a Braves guy. I would, I would drive us all there. I would borrow my wife's SUV and drive us all there just to witness how all of you would interact with one another at Minute Maid Ballpark, because that would be hilarious to me. Yeah. We're behind, for our game this weekend, we're behind the first baseline, 
So oh, flex that up. Um, Cam's like, yes. like really right in the range to get a foul ball. I was like, yeah, yes. shout out to Kenneth. Because I definitely lost Give the ones I had when I went to see. Give it what up. Are to they, what are they again? What were they? The Zephyrs. When I went to see them, I had like three of them because they were just oh, I constantly miss, out I of the miss park. I miss the Zephyrs <laughs> slash baby cakes. Yes. I saw them on the Shrine and Airline when they were the baby cakes. Mm. Yes. I yes. saw them when my brother was in Scouts, and he actually ran the bases with the Zephyr. And like that's when he was like all flexible and stuff, because both of us did cheer together. So the cheerleaders they had at the game, he did a split with the cheerleaders, and his split was better than the girls. Outstanding. That's yeah. outstanding. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that. Oh, man. Great show so far today. Hey, let's recap a little bit more. Let's talk a little bit more about the LSU Raging Cajuns baseball game last night from Alex Box Stadium. Once again, 8-4 victory for the Tigers. They get back on track after being swept by Arkansas in Fayetteville over the weekend. This was a close game early on. We had three, the first three runs of the game were all solo home runs. Cajuns led 2-1, to one, headed to the bottom of the fourth, and then... K. Doty leads off with that double that hits the left field wall. And then it's just, boom, they just kept piling it on, piling it on. Then the Cajuns were in a shift, and that brought in another two runs, and there was an error. It's just things kind of snowballed, so to speak, on the Cajuns in this game. They were able to play a couple of late runs, but not nearly enough. Made it look a little bit more competitive than it may have been actually out there on the field for the Wally Ponoff Jr. Classic. And Jay Johnson afterwards, you know, had plenty to say, but tops on that list was just how pleased he was with how his team went out there and performed and played on Tuesday night. I just am really pleased with how we played. I think it started with Ty. I thought he was outstanding um, on the mound. Uh, you know, usual suspects of, of relievers did a really good job. So solid with the pitching. I mean, outside of one mistake, I thought we were very good on defense. And then offensive, you know, won a ton of hits, but it was really quality at bats. Uh, Trey's in the middle of the field for a home run. Uh, Jordan, you know, with two strikes and a man on third base and less than two outs, you know, not only got the ball in play, but hit a home run. And then that inning being set up by a really good two-strike at bats by Braden. Just, you know, he struck out left on left before, but to put the ball in play, uh, they made an error. Josh Stevens. I want to talk a little bit more about Ty Floyd because he's been in the bullpen and then starting, and they've moved him around a little bit. And classic opportunity for a guy like that to get the midweek start, right? That's the guy that you throw the midweek game. And he gives up that solo shot to Connor Kimple, and then he just settles down. And like I said, he struck out the seven of the next nine batters he faced. He gave up another solo home run to Carson, but he settled down and he was really good. Five innings, only gave up four hits, two runs, struck out eight, no walks. Ty Floyd and this is what Jay Johnson had to say about the young man that was on the bump for his team Tuesday night yeah I mean you had to be really paying attention but he threw a great ninth inning at Mississippi State the last inning of that series and we've been working on some things and uh, I thought he displayed them there it's just the Arkansas it wasn't like maybe the best matchup you know with their team and field and, and so 
we didn't use him. He was really fresh, raring to go. This was a really important game tonight, and so we felt like he was the best option. The other part was um, we needed to be able to prevent them from doing some things, and we felt like he was the best. On the other side, disappointment, right, for the Raging Cajuns. Uh, this was an opportunity to get a win against a quality opponent with a great RPI. LSU's in the top 35. Now, the Cajuns are just right outside the top 50, and they still have an opportunity. It, losing last night did not hurt them with their RPI because it was against LSU. And the Cajuns still have an opportunity taking on Georgia State this weekend. If they take two of three, their RPI is going to get even better because Georgia State's in the top 35 as well. So they still have an opportunity to get an, another quality win to help their case for an NCAA regional. But the pitching was not great last night. The Cajuns threw seven different pitchers and six of them gave up hits. Yeah, six of them gave up hits. And Matt Deggs talked about, you know, the pitching they had last night. It's not up to par, especially against a quality opponent like LSU. You know, we, we've got to finish that play right there. And, and uh, you know, you can't let things get out of control on you over here. And, and judging by the way we were underneath fastballs and this and that, I knew uh, we were going to have to use a couple of different guys to get out of that inning. And so uh, we're better than we played tonight. It's unfortunate because this was a huge opportunity for me, and I hate it for our guys. It was a huge opportunity, but once again, they'll, they'll have another opportunity this coming weekend. And the other thing is that, look, they gave away runs. They had the shift that Dylan Cruz hit into and drove in two runs. They had the the double by K Doty that should have been caught, but you had your, uh, your regular DH playing left field. It hit the wall. You had the error at second base that extended the inning. There was little miscues there that... LSU took full advantage of and made the Cajuns pay. And Deggs talked about not giving away those freebies like that. We were atypical tonight of the way we had been playing. And uh, we didn't execute a game plan very well offensively. And we, you, you, you're going to have to beat these guys over here, especially this group they got right now, you're, you're going to have to score. And you're going to have to execute offensively. You're going to have to function together. And then you can't give them anything. And uh, when we were in the zone, we got outs. And, uh, you know, you get an inning where you have a couple, two or three walks, hit batter and error. And uh, the one inning that we were able to get above the ball, you saw what happened. We were able to, to get some guys on and make some stuff happen. But too many quick outs, too many balls in the air, and too many guys underneath fastballs tonight. And that's kind of the story of the game. When you coming in, you're going to have to win the fastball. And they did, and we didn't. 8-4 victory for LSU over... Louisiana in the Wally Ponoff Jr. Classic there at Alex Box Stadium last night. Once again, LSU will stay at home. Three-game series against Mizzou. They should win that series. They should sweep that series Thursday through Saturday. The Raging Cajuns, meanwhile, they'll go on the road taking on Georgia State, one of the best teams in the Sun Belt. The team with the best RPI in the Sun Belt is Georgia State. So another great opportunity for Matt Deggs' team to improve themselves and improve their standings to be able to get into an NCAA regional. That'll be Friday through Sunday for the Raging Cajuns. We got to take a timeout. When we return here on RP3 and Company, we're going to talk all things LSU with the Mad Dog himself. Ron Higgins joins us live next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. 
We're going way back here on RP3 and Company with the Way Back Wednesday edition. Here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. It's time to laugh until it hurts, but the pain will be for a great cause. Cajun Comic Relief returns this Saturday at Angel Hall on the campus of University of Louisiana Lafayette. And the comedy event, which has been gone for two years due to the pandemic, is back better than ever. Proceeds benefiting the Cajun Navy Ground Force. And it's going to feature comedians and entertainers such as Sam Joe Bear, Steve Shaw, and the Raging Cajun John Morgan. KADN News anchor Jeff Horchek. And some guy named Raymond Parch the Third will co MC the event. Ha, that should be that should be funny in, in its own right. Ha, but it's for a great cause this Saturday. Cajun Comic Relief at Angel Hall. Tickets cost $30 and can be purchased at eventbrite.com. Don't forget to vote on our poll question of the day. It's Wednesday, which means it's a foodie question. What do you dip your chicken tenders in? 34% of you say other. 27% say barbecue sauce. 25% say honey mustard. 14% of you say the ranch. Texan and Katie Annis chimed in. Waterburger ketchup. Spicy. Uh, I do like Waterburger. John Paul says Popeye's black and ranch. Uh, that's a good set. Matt Miguez, host of Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh, says Chick fil A sauce on everything. And Crystal Ball prediction says, who cares? RP3 over here talking about food to avoid having to give the Pelicans credit for a big win. Hashtag hater. Thank you. I mean, we let off the show talking about the Pelicans winning and how I said that credit to them for doing that and taking advantage and credit to them for now extending the series and that I like their chances to win a game at home as well. But I'm a hater. Because I want to talk about dipping sauces. Shout out to Crystal Ball Predictions. I'm giving you a like. Hope that makes your day wonderful. Thanks for commenting. Please continue. Right now, let's talk a little LSU. With our good friend, the Mad Dog. It's time for Hold That Tiger. Half the week is in the books, which means it's time to talk Bayou Bengals with Tiger Details columnist, the Mad Dog himself, Ron Higgins. Here is Hold That Tiger on RP3 and Company. Ron, good morning to you, brother. How are you, my friend? I'm great, you Pelican hater, you. I just, I love the era we live in. I just, I do. I love the fact that if you don't, you know, slurp up the team that you're a hater. Oh, it's just, what? oh God. We're, well, you we're... Know, hey, listen, I worked 30 years in Memphis and Memphis, they love barbecue sauce. It doesn't mean they don't like the Grizzlies either. I mean, really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, but, but can I, bud, can I say something uh, from one hater to another? So, yeah. 
you're living your best form of life, man. You're in movies as an extra. You're on cruise ships. I mean, my man, you are. This is the template. This is what I need to try to achieve. I need to try to reach to is get to the point in my career where I'm on cruise ships or on movie sets. And when you get to 65, you can kind of blend all that in. I mean, last night at the LSU, uh, we had a record, a record eight players to interview. Hey, there were there were seasons when we didn't talk to eight different players. Uh, <laughs> right now, I'm kind of digging this Ryan Kelly era because you get huge access. Two freshmen. Two freshmen. He you gives know, you access, man. I mean, freshmen supposedly they can't put sentences together. You know, they can't. Uh, let's let let's let's start there with the football team. Spring football will get, uh, will be wrapped up Saturday with the game. It's not going to be your even your typical spring game, which is just a glorified scrimmage anyway, because of roster numbers. But he continues to build this team. They got another guy out of the transfer portal, the Ohio State cornerback, who's a good player. Even though he's injured, he's a good player. Um, what do you make of what Brian Kelly and his staff are doing during this spring season? I like it a lot because, you know, I think most of the nation is sleeping on Brian Kelly. Uh, They're all hooked up on this thing. Well, how can a guy from Notre Dame make a transition to LSU? I mean, it's just the culture is totally different. Well, the culture is what you want to make it with your team. Uh, He's made the culture. I mean, mean, all these guys understand the culture of Brian Kelly. They get it. Uh, I mean, they kind of self-police their team, uh, and he lays out the ground, the, 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 the groundwork and the, and the game plan for everybody. Uh, I haven't heard, I mean, I, it's been all positive, uh, as far as the, the organization, what he's doing, the way he's going about his business, even the assistant coaches have all talked about this, how everything is laid out there. Uh, you go to his practices, they're well organized. Uh, he's into it. Uh, I like what I see so far. I mean, I mean, and, you know, just uh, I like what I see with the, the, the effort. I like what I see with the quarterbacks. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, you got Campbell as an offensive tackle who, who's a freshman who doesn't look like one, who's destroying people. Uh, they lost a running back this week. Big deal. You know, carry on. Uh, you know, talked to John Emery last night. Uh, he's he may play this the scrimmage. I mean, in the spring, he may not. I mean, he's still nursing an ankle, he wants to play. I know it's only a spring game, but this dude is hungry, man. After last year having to sit out academics, he is some kind of hungry. Uh, so I think the SEC can all sleep on LSU, and I think LSU can be, can be better than people think. I really do. I just have been really impressed. Uh, it's nice to get in to watch a whole practice instead of 20 minutes of stretching. Uh, so it's, it's been good. What's still the biggest concern or biggest area of improvement for this team as they're wrapping up spring ball? Is it still the offensive line in your opinion, Ron? It's still still a work in progress, but I, I like what they got. I mean, they got two or three transfers in the line. Uh, and all I'm, I mean, the transfers are good. Uh, uh, and again, you, you, you <laughs> I mean, 
when you talk to all these, uh, I mean, defensive guys and everybody else uh, about Will Campbell, they go, this dude's not a freshman, man. <laughs> he, he can't be a freshman. Oh, he's a monster. He's an absolute monster. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, I think I think offensive line will be much improved. Uh, I mean, I just I, th- I think this team will be much improved because they're actually being coached. I mean, they'll have a uh, they have a coach with a game plan, with a staff that's focused, that's looking to a head coach for guidance and answers, and they have a head coach uh, who can who can do that. Uh, you know, rather than a guy who likes to run around with his shirt off sitting by a pool. <laughs> mean mugging a 22 year old that looks his way at a bar in Destin um oh, yeah. sh- sh- shout out to Coach O he's living his best life so spring ball is going to 17 million a year yeah. <laughs> he's his best yeah, life. yeah he's living his best life he can buy an island who do you like to be the quarterback I mean is it going to come down to the two guys or do you think it's still going to be a wide open competition with all four quarterbacks on the roster I think it's two guys I, I do. Uh, I think it's. I think it's definitely. The, you know, it's Miles and and it's, it's you know, Jaden Arizona Arizona State. I mean, guy. I think both of them. They both they both bring two dynamics to it. You know, Miles is more of a drop back guy and shotgun guy. Jaden Daniels is a, a rollout guy with some mobility. And look, I mean, Kelly's have, I mean, in Notre Dame, he's had a lot of years where he's had two quarterbacks. And I think those are your two guys. Uh, uh, I think he starts miles, but I think, I think Jaden plays a lot. I think, I think it's one of those things where it'll be a situational thing, uh, depending on situations. And I think he doesn't mind using two. Uh, you know, Walker Howard, it's yet to be determined if they're going to redshirt him or not. Uh, but they're high on him, right? I mean, he's put on no, some they're, muscle. They're high on oh, absolutely, they're high on him. They, 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 they love him. He's uh, the future for them. They, they believe absolutely. that he's the guy in the future. I can, and, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying this is going to happen. And I have nothing to base this on at all. So I'm, I'm going to get this clear before people say that Higgins said, "Hater, this is going to happen." Hater Higgins. I, I wouldn't. I'll be, I wouldn't be surprised if Garrett Nussmeyer transferred back home to Texas somewhere for a, at a Texas school, maybe an SMU or a TCU. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it happened. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I just said I wouldn't be surprised. So, uh, it, and 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 he's a great kid. He's worked hard. Uh, he's had a good spring, but right now for what they need, then they need the experience of the two guys they have out front. And then you have you know. And you have Howard, who's the the future. So, uh, you know, Nussmeyer might be better off somewhere at home in Texas. Ron, let me ask you about the wide receiving core. Obviously, Kayshawn Butte right down the road uh, from New Iberia there at Westgate High School. He's a star. He's a stud. He's their number one. But he's not taking part in spring because of the injury and the recovery. That's opened up the door to have some of these other younger guys step up. We saw flashes last year from Jack Besh. In that hybrid role, former STM Cougar, another local kid, and Malik Neighbors, another local kid for us from Como High School. He also showed flashes. What can you tell us about the wide receivers during the spring? Oh, they've been really good. I mean, uh, the two guys you mentioned, uh, Jure Jenkins has had a good spring. Uh, Brian Thomas has been solid. Uh, 
Kyron Lacey, you know, from, from Lafayette yeah. has, has played, has played well. Uh, it's, it's a good receiver's room. It, it, it really is. I mean, it's, uh, and I, and that, and again, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, Kayshawn's not even there yet. And I mean, when he gets there, it'll be even better. It's a really good receiving room. Uh, and I, I think that, uh, again, I mean, another strength of the team, uh, you know, the, the only place they really need help right now is at cornerback and, and they're getting it with a high state transfer. The cornerbacks have been good. They just need more depth. Uh, that's been the biggest concern. And of course the kid from Oklahoma state has been uh, heading practice. He's hurt cornerback. So of all the positions right now, you think that, you know, needs an improvement. It's that it's not that the cornerbacks have played bad. It's just that they need some depth there uh, in case somebody gets hurt. We're talking with the mad dog, the award-winning columnist for tiger details. He joins us here on hold that tiger. All right, bud. before I let you go, we've been talking nothing but football, but let's talk a little uh, basketball and some baseball. If you don't mind basketball, He's putting together his roster. He, he was put behind the eight ball, so to speak. But Mac has been able to get a couple of guys, take their names out of the portal, come back to LSU, and he signed a couple of guys. He's getting some transfers. What do you make of the roster building that he's uh, taking on? I think it's been really good so far. Uh, you know, again, not not putting down mid major players uh because we've seen mid mid major teams give you know power five teams hell in the NCAA tournament. Uh you, you just wonder if they're ready to step their game up to play power five basketball every night. Uh and the transfers he ha- are, are he's he's gotten are good. Uh look it's it's the fact he's putting together a roster with with some some quality people is, you know, and not knowing what the probation is going to be, that's a hell of a sell job. I mean, I mean, it's, it's hard to sell anybody of, of quality that, you know, Hey, come play for us, but I don't know if we're going to go to the tournament for a couple of years. Uh, we don't know what our, our, our probation is going to be. So in that sense, uh, Matt's done a really good job. I mean, it's just, it's hard to, it's hard to sell a program when you don't know, I mean, I mean, kids want to go to the NCAA tournament. That's their whole purpose of going to playing college basketball. Besides having a dream of going to the NBA, it is to play, play in, in the big dance. And if you can't play, that hurts. So, but he's been able so far to, to sell the program, which is a good deal. Our right, bud, quickly, only got about twenty seconds or so. The series against Missouri this weekend at the box, Thursday through Saturday. Do the Tigers need to sweep that to kind of build some momentum for the back half of the schedule? Absolutely. Yeah, they can't keep going these psycho where they're they're great one week and the next week they're they're you know they're awful. Uh, they can't keep doing that in the SEC. Uh, Appreciate yeah. you, Tom. As always, Mad Dog. Enjoy the week. Enjoy being on the movie set next week. Oh yeah, yeah. Starts Friday, so yeah. I'm I'm a I'm a guest at a gala ball. I'll be the tux all week. This man. Oh, enjoy it, brother. We'll talk to you soon, bud. We'll see you. <laughs> It's the Mad Dog, Ron Higgins from Tiger Details, joining us for Hold That Tiger. We're going to take a timeout. More hateration coming up right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.
Oh, in Louisiana, there are thousands of miles of utility lines and gas pipelines buried just beneath the surface. Sometimes multiple lines are in one area. So look, if you are a contractor that you've hired is digging a hole to put in that new fence, maybe a pool, landscaping, a garden, it really doesn't matter. You run the risk of hitting an underground line by digging only a few inches. What happens then? Maybe you only knock the power out for your entire neighborhood, but sometimes there's an explosion with injuries and even death. It happens every single year, and there's a very simple way to avoid it. Before you dig, call 811. Call 811 two days before you dig. Tell the operator your address, and someone's going to come out and mark the location of buried lines so you or your contractor can avoid them. It's simple. It's free of charge, and it's the law. Louisiana 811 operates 811 as a public service. And to promote public safety, Louisiana 811 and the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, reminds you, call 811 and know it's below before you dig. Let's check in on that poll question of the day, shall we? It's got y'all fired up. You're expressing yourselves, throwing around words like hater. What do you dip your chicken tenders in? 32% of you say other. 29% say barbecue sauce. 25% of you say honey mustard. 14% say ranch. Producer extraordinaire Hannah Five Names, did you comment on what you would like? What's your um, go-to here? I did not comment on the actual poll question. I commented out loud to you, and I did vote for ranch. But and it's a variation of ranch. Yes. Yes. But I ranch like is the ranch. go-to. Do you dip your fries into ranch? Yes. Do you like cheese fries? I love some cheese fries. Bowling alley. Bowling, oh, no. see, Bowling alley talking. cheese fries. I get the little like you know little white cups they give you like McDonald's. Yes. I put hot sauce in that. I did my cheese fries. Oh, the, the game hot changer. Sauce. Game it changer. Depends, it depends on what they have. It's either crystals or Tabasco. Tabasco those top notch. Keep voting on the poll question of the day. What do you dip your chicken tenders in? It's our foodie question of the week, as we do every Wednesday for all of you out there listening, as you know, now know. Hour number two in the books. Hour number three, we'll kick it off with Vinny Iyer of the Sporting News. Going to preview the draft. It is a week away tomorrow. You're listening to RP3 and Company right here on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Number three has arrived on this Wayback Edition of RP3 and Company. I'm your host, Raymond Parch III. 
better known as RP3. Of course, I'm joined here in the studios by the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names. We've had a good show so far today. Great poll question of the day. It's our new tradition here on RP3 and Company. Our Wednesday poll question is all about food. And you guys have responded. We want to know what's the preferred dipping sauce for your chicken tenders. We're getting a slew of comments and choices. Honey mustard, barbecue, ranch, other. Some of y'all are coming up with your own homemade sauces. Love it. Keep it coming. Keep those votes coming. Keep your comments coming on Facebook and Twitter. Just make sure you keep it clean for the kids. We've touched on a lot of topics today. College baseball, LSU taking down the Louisiana Raging Cajuns in the Wally Ponoff Jr. Classic last night at Alex Box Stadium, 8-4. to LSU softball winning on the road at McNeese. UL softball winning at Illinois. Another kind of signature win for them as they picked up their 30th win of the season. Astros, unfortunately, lose at home to the Los Angeles Angels. Framer Valdez, second straight poor performance by him after that magnificent opening day start. He struggled in the starts since then. Two of them. They'll get back to action tonight. You can listen to that game, Angels-Astros Live for Minute Maid Ballpark, right here on the game. First pitch scheduled for 540. Right here on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. But now it's time for us to talk NFL. The draft is just around the corner. A week from tomorrow already. Yeah, it's already going to be here. NFL draft, a week from tomorrow. And we're going to break it down with one of the best guys in the business, the NFL reporter columnist from the Sporting News, our old friend Vinny Iyer now joins us here on RP3 and Company. Vinny, good morning to you, brother. Hope you had a tremendous holiday weekend. How are you this morning? Uh, good morning, RP3. Uh, doing well. Got back from a cruise, so trying to get my legs back. Feel like I'm on dry, grand, uh, dry land here, but otherwise pretty good. Everyone I know is going on cruises these days. I constantly have guests and people I run into that are coming uh, coming off of cruises or going on cruises, man. It's, it's the thing to do right now. It's the thing to do. Yeah, it's, uh, we're back in business, so it's uh, safe again and feeling good. And, uh, yeah, you do a little bit of everything. Everyone's happy, and you come back refreshed. There we go, bud. There we go. All right, you're back in time. You recharge your batteries. You're refreshed now coming off the cruise. So my first question to you is, as we're only a week or so away from the draft, there's some pretty big names out there that have yet to sign free agent deals. Tyron Matthew, Jarvis Landry, just a couple former LSU guys that are flirting with the Saints. Why do you think that is? Do you think teams are just kind of shutting down signing days until after the draft? Or is it more of those players wanting to see what teams do what and they get to pick and choose where they go? I think it's a little bit of both. You want to put yourself in the best situation. Once you get past those first, second, third, and dare I say fourth waves of free agency and the guys that are still out there, just trying to look for the best opportunity to start somewhere and then get a decent salary. And, and sometimes it comes down to supply and demand. If a team goes out and fills your position in the draft, then you don't really want to go to that team much because they're going to take you as a flyer more than a necessity. So, yeah, I think you have to weigh your options. At this point, there's no good in rushing into a deal that you don't want with a team that you don't really want to be with. So explore all your options. It makes sense that uh, Matthew and Landry are looking at the Saints because that is a need for 
both of those positions for the Saints, and it's of course the local connection. You got to kick the tires for sure there, but then you got to look at the big picture. Where can I get a job and play here in 2022? So, yeah, it's a little bit of waiting game now, and I think you'll have a little bit more clarity after you get through next weekend and teams have uh, picked through seven rounds. All right, bud, let's look at the quarterbacks. You get two guys that everyone says for sure are going to be taken in the first round, and then a couple others that may sneak in at the back half of the first round, maybe like a Matt Corral or someone like that. Where do you see Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett landing in the first round of the draft? Well, it's starting to feel like for sure the Panthers are going to take a quarterback. I mean, I thought this might be the case that we would circle back to it once the offensive line value didn't fall in their favor with Evan Neal and Icky Economy probably going well before their pick at number six. So it really comes down to that's what the Panthers need. They're trying to figure out if they want to trade for Baker Mayfield. But Robbie Anderson doesn't want that. I don't know how much power Robbie Anderson has, but they can't be stuck on Sam Darnold as their only option here in 2022. It's a perfect time to tack the quarterback. Look, Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett, in other classes, would they go this high? No, but it's all about supply and demand and also taking a shot at the most important position. I, I think both of these guys could be special if they have the right coaching and guys around them. So you got to look at it. So I think one quarterback is definitely going to fall there. The other question is who's going to maybe move up and get the other quarterback, whether it's Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett, the one that's not taken by the Panthers. And there's a lot of rumors now that the Falcons might be going after Malik Willis to uh, ensure that uh, he's their successor or whatever, or an option to Marcus Mariota at this point. And then another team that people have rumored that the Lions might trade down from number two and make sure they can secure Willis. And then you have to look at other teams trading up there. But I think Seattle would also make sense there at number nine for a quarterback. So nine, eight, six are the spots I would look at right now. And then potential teams trading up or trading down to get those quarterbacks. What's the deepest position group in this year's draft, in your opinion? I think edge rusher is pretty deep. I mean, corner is also very good. Wide receiver has a lot of versatile options. But in terms of edge rusher, in terms of being able to get to the quarterback in different schemes from different parts of the field, I think you're loaded. A lot of them are from Georgia. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Um, but, yeah, a lot of them are from the SEC in general. So when you look at that, I mean, we're waiting for Will Anderson next year if he's going to be a transcendent fast rusher that gets in from Alabama. But when you look at this class pretty deep, you have guys like Arnold Ebikite of Penn State is rising all of a sudden here. Nick Bonito of Oklahoma is another good value in the second round. MyJ Sanders of Cincinnati has some freakish qualities. Drake Jackson of USC at one point was a first-round pick, but – the level of a talent at edge rusher is pretty deep here. So I think every team should look for at least a situational guy, no matter what scheme you're going with. If you don't come away with one of those extra guys, you're, you're crazy because this is a very important position outside of quarterback. You need guys who can get to the quarterback. Vinny, uh, you mentioned the Georgia kids. I see on a lot of draft boards, uh, two of the guys from that uh, national championship winning front seven are, are climbing the draft boards. Why is that all of a sudden that I'm seeing that? Well, I think people love position versatility. And what's happened with Georgia is the Kirby Smart transition. It's kind of made them an Alabama part two, right? You know what kind of pro-style players you're going to get from that 
scheme of defense. And then you start looking, okay, this guy's more explosive than we thought. Okay, he can play multiple positions. That's what's really helped two guys really shoot up here that weren't first-round picks just a couple months ago, Trayvon Walker and Devontae Wyatt. And they're slightly different players, but around Jordan Davis, you know Jordan Davis is a beefy run stopper with a little bit of uh, juice from the pass rush. These guys have proved they can play multiple positions on different fronts and affect the running game and the passing game. So as people have seen that, I think they're embracing that and uh, saying, okay, we have a lot of guys in this draft that we're going to go after from Georgia because we like the scheme and what they can do. And it's really helped some of the guys in the back end, like their uh, linebacker Channing Tindall. I think he could be a day two pick at this point. So people just love that scheme and that front, and they're seeing that these guys are backing it up with the athleticism needed to dominate as well. We're talking with the Sporting News NFL reporter Vinny Iyer. He joins us here on RP3 and Company. Vinny, I'm looking at the top five, Jaguars, Lions, Texans, Jets, Giants. What are the guys that you're projecting that are going to be taken there in the top five? Yeah, this this is uh, in flux right now. I will say that say this. I'm looking at my mocks and I'm trying to figure out what's going to go on here. But I have a good feeling at least two offensive linemen will go in that group here between uh, those picks with uh, Iki Kanwu and Evan Neal. I don't even know what order they'll go in, and I think they'll both project as starting tackles in this league. So. Those two picks will go off the board. Now, I used to be all in on Kyle Hamilton. I still am as a player, but these teams have a really hard time picking a safety that early. So uh, I think you have the two offensive linemen you look at. I think Kayvon Thibodeau is still in play because of his uh, upside Aiden Hutchinson and then Trayvon Walker. So I would say in some order, those are going to be your top five picks. And then some guys that were maybe going up uh, and of local interest uh, Stingley also in the Hamilton, two guys that people can't figure out exactly where they want to play them on their defensive fronts. And that's uh, causing some confusion here or defensive backfields. And that's causing some confusion here on where to take them. So I, I think again, edge rusher, offensive line, not a surprise. Those are usually some of the guys that can dominate early in draft when it's not a quarterback. Give me a player that could be a surprise in the top 10. All right, I'll, I'll say it's Desmond Ritter because we said two quarterbacks could go pretty early, and if that happens, then everyone's going to be panicking. Okay, there's not a lot of quarterbacks we love here. Matt Corral's coming off an injury. He's a little bit small. Sam Howell just had an awful senior final year at UNC. Do we really want to go in that direction, quarterback? We want anyone to explore as an option. It would be Desmond Ritter, and it might come via a trade-up here. Maybe the, a, a team that usually isn't aggressive. Maybe it's the Saints uh, with those two picks and they slide up. Maybe it's the Steelers picking at number 20. They tend to not do those type of moves, but I would not sleep on the third quarterback going pretty quickly after the first two quarterbacks. Who's a player that's kind of falling on your draft board or players? Well, I think one guy that uh, I, I think he's just people looking at him and maybe the height concerns is Tyler Lindebaum. Like, I really still like him as a player. He's still a first-round pick to me, but now looks like the Bengals might get a really good value out of him at, at number 31. And I thought he was definitely going to go in the top 15. Uh, that's not going to happen now, I don't think, because of the way things have played out with the quarterbacks rising, some other guys. So, Linderbaum is falling a little bit. I can see Traylon Burks, also of Arkansas, the wide receiver, falling. If uh, Drake London continues his rise, Jahan Dotson, he could uh, push Traylon Burks even into the second round. Vinny, Kansas City has two first-round picks, and you know they have a void there at, at wide receiver now. 
I know they signed a couple of guys, but those guys aren't Tyreek Hill. This is a deep wide receiver class. Could you see the Chiefs trying to trade up to get one of those top five, top six wideouts, or do you think they stay pat there at the uh, end of the first round? Well, I think it's going to be interesting between the Chiefs and the Packers. What do they give up to get that extra first-round pick? A wide receiver that they sorely are going to miss here, Devontae Adams or Tyreek Hill. The Packers are armed with number 22 and number 28. The Chiefs have 29 and 30. We know they can move up pretty high here. I think the Chiefs have a pretty good trading partner if they want it in the Vikings, who I think want to move up or move down from number 12. So I would say you're in the territory if you want to go after Chris Olave or uh, Garrett Wilson or Jameson Williams, that's where you would go there. So for those two teams, that's what they have to explore. Do they love Olave, Wilson, or Williams enough to move up that high? And is there a big difference between those guys and taking a more specific skill set guy? Because I think when you get to uh, Drake London, he's a big the target type guy of uh, Jahan Dotson is a field stretcher. Burks is kind of a physical receiver. But if you're looking at complete number one types, I think it's Olave, Wilson, and Williams here. And it's going to be interesting to see if those teams or any other team moves up to get them. Vinny, I have to ask you, bud, real quick. Saints got the two first round picks. Do you think when it comes a week from tomorrow, they'll still have two first round picks? Or do you think they're going to trade them and try to trade up? Well, I think uh, right now I would put it 50-50. I think there's a good chance they trade up for a quarterback in this draft, and uh, I think that's what everyone speculated when they made the move with the Eagles. But uh, they could also come away with two really good players uh, right now in the draft. Uh, probably an edge rusher and uh, Trevor Penning would be the guy there to watch out at offensive tackle. Vinny, appreciate your time, bud. Enjoy the draft. I know it's going to be a busy time of the year for you, brother, and we'll talk to you soon, my friend. All right, thanks, RP3. Vinny says, don't be surprised if the Saints trade up. He also said, you could see a third quarterback taken early, like top 15 early. Ooh, that could throw the first round in a total tizzy. And Packers and Chiefs do both have first round picks, multiple picks. They could move up to get one of those wideouts. It's going to be a fascinating draft a week from tomorrow. We got to take a timeout. Open phone lines next. 337-706-0111. You're listening to RP3 and Company right here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. We're going way back here on RP3 and Company with the Way Back Wednesday edition. Here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Oh, you can experience Festival International like never before by winning the Games Festival International prize pack. Sign up for the Rewards Club right now at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com, and you'll get the opportunity to score Bonton passes, a pair of them. By the way, you can't buy them. Sold out. Not available. The only way you're going to score these Bonton passes is by joining our Rewards Club and entering our Festival International Prize Pack contest. This is what you're going to get with those Bonton passes. Exclusive access to front row and stage areas. You're going to be so close, you can see the sweat roll off their faces. I'm telling you. Shaded seating. You're going to need that. Air-conditioned restrooms. 
No human porta potties for you. No, 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 none of that. Express drink lines, shirts, pins, and even a poster. Whew. Experience festival like never before by winning the Festival International Prize Pack from the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Man, we've touched on a lot of things on this way back. Wednesday edition of RP3 and Company. LSU baseball defeating the Raging Cajuns in the Wally Ponoff Jr. Classic last night, 8-4 at Alex Box Stadium. Cajuns have another opportunity to get a good win or wins over an RPI, a team with a good RPI, when they travel to Georgia State this weekend for a three-game Sunbelt Conference Series. LSU back on track after being swept by Arkansas the week weekend prior. They will host Mizzou Thursday through Saturday. Raging Cajun softball gets to win number 30 with an extra inning affair over number 25 Illinois last night on the road in Champaign-Urbana. LSU softball wins on the road at McNeese 7-1. Astros, though, unfortunately, they lose. Framer Valdez, second consecutive pom-pom start for him. Only lasted four and a third as the Angels take down the Astros in Minute Maid Ballpark. We'll have game three of that series tonight right here on the game. 5:40 first pitch Angels Astros live from Minute Maid Ballpark. It'll be an abbreviated hour and a half edition of Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. And of course, the New Orleans Pelicans. Gut check time for them last night. They get the win. That's what we led off today's show with if you were tuned in at 6 o'clock. Some of you weren't, so I'm just letting you know. Pels, gut check time. Brandon Ingram, Maybe his best performance we've ever seen. 37 points. He never experienced the playoffs before in his career until now. He steps up in a big way, especially in the second half. C.J. McCollum, he adds 20-plus points as well. And they take advantage. Booker strains his hammy, has to be taken out of the game. But even then, they were still leading the Suns by three. It was 77-74 when Booker left the game. And the Pels did not quit. The Pels kept coming. Herb Jones played well, as he has all year. Deserves to be on the all-rookie team. Deserves consideration for Rookie of the Year. I don't think he's going to win it, but he deserves definite consideration. And the Pels get a great win. I mean, this is a great win for them. And now, they do what they were supposed to do. They were the underdogs, but yet they found a way to steal a game in Phoenix against the number one seeded Phoenix Suns who are your defending Western Conference champs. We don't know the status of Devin Booker moving forward, but even if Devin can go, and hamstrings are difficult, they're tricky, as we know, I still like the Pell's chances of taking a game in New Orleans as well. Friday night is going to be absolutely bananas inside the Smoothie King Center. It just is. It is going to be electric. I think the crowd's going to be better Friday than it is going to be on Sunday. But the Pels have an opportunity now here to push the Suns and push them in a big way and could be be even more beneficial depending on what happens with Booker. And they were able to beat, even with Devin Booker, who is their best scorer by far. Chris Ball was still playing. DeAndre Aiden was still playing for Phoenix. Jay Crowder looked pas bon. He did not play well. Phoenix should respond. They're well coached. They're a good team. They just went to the NBA Finals a year ago. So, But the Pelicans have an opportunity to win another game here at home. 
and maybe push the series to six or seven games. Some of y'all are on board with them possibly upsetting Phoenix and winning the series. That would be historic. That would be a seismic moment in modern NBA playoff history. And if that happens, I'm here for it. I love chaos. I love historical occurrences. I love when history is made in sports. It just makes it better. Do I still think Phoenix is going to win the series? Yes. But they're going to have their hands full. And I love the fight that you're seeing from the Pels. You didn't see that early in the season. They turned it around. The 1-12 and start. No Zion. Yet they found a way to turn it around. So credit New Orleans. Really, credit them. They surprised some people last night. But the way they're playing, the chemistry that they're developing is really good. And I expect them to win a game in New Orleans. And I expect this series to go six games now. So shout out to the New Orleans Pelicans. Let's check in on our poll question of the day, shall we? We asked you, because it's it's Wednesday, means it's foodie question of the week. Foodie question of the week. What do you dip your chicken tenders in? That's right. That's the bold and daring questions we ask on a Wednesday edition. Right now, 31% of you say other. A tie for second now. Barbecue sauce and honey mustard battling out, duking it out. Poor ranch, 15% in a distant fourth place. That's five names jam is ranch, and it's in a distant fifth place. Do we have any comments on the book of face to get to producer extraordinaire? Yes. So we have Nick Gidra who says, time to move on. Here's a hot take. Raising canes and their unseasoned food is overrated. I preferred Old Faithful Heinz ketchup. Whoa, I love the bold take. Who is this? Nick Gidry. Oh, shout out to Nick. I'm all about bold takes. We here on RP3 and Company, we're all about the love. You want to come in with a hot take? Do so. We're not going to block you, okay? We're not We're not those type of people. We're not going to not like your comment even though we don't agree with you. Even though you come and hate on us, we still love you. We still love those takes. I know people who their go-to thing with fried chicken is dipping it in ketchup. Not my jam. Not my jam. I think the fried chicken should speak for itself. But that's just me. But I like Nick's bold take here. What are some other comments? Five names. Uh, Ryan came back to say it's wow Lee sauce. It's a uh, Cajun dipping sauce. It says he put oh, picture of the bottle. I've had that. I've had that. That's good. That's a good. Ooh, that's very good. Uh, and then we have Martin that says sweet baby Ray's or Chick-fil-A sauce and five names chicken tenders is in no way, shape, or form a sandwich. Oh, <laughs> that's... But he comes back and he ruins it for him and says, and yes, I do double dip my tenders, five names. Oh, 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 Martin, yes. Martin not only comes and brings up the fact that you think certain things are sandwiches when they're not, he's not letting that die. That's jumping from week to week now. That's become part of the show, which shout out to Martin for that. No, no, it's not week to week. It's every single day. (laughs) And now he also brings up he's a double dipper. Are you a double dipper? No. That's right. We've established you're not a double dipper. No. I'd rather break something in half or like to a smaller piece. To a, then I'm still doing two dips, but it's of two different pieces. So like a french fry, I will break the french fry in half and dip. And then dip. You dip, we dip. We, no, sorry. I couldn't help myself. Ha, 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 got to take a time out. Keep oh, She's so embarrassed. Keep voting on the poll question of the day. 
leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter. Just make sure you keep it clean for the kids. It's our foodie question of the week. We do it every Wednesday here on RP3 and Company. When we come back, we're going to talk to our old friend Andrew Juge. That's right. From the Saints Happy Hour podcast. We're going to talk Saints. We're a week away from the draft. Well, a week and a day. What does he believe the Saints are going to do? Are they going to take a quarterback? Could they just stay pat and take a wide receiver offensive lineman? Is Jarvis Landry going to sign? Is Tyron Matthew going to sign? We're going to break it all down with our buddy, Andrew Jutes. That's coming up next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. April 20th, 1988. The Baltimore Orioles set a new Major League Baseball record by starting the season 0-14. The Orioles would extend their own historic start by beginning the season 0-21. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Don't go through another summer with that awful joint pain. Call QC Kinetics right now. Hey, it's Raymond Parsh III here, better known as RP3. That pain in your back, your knees, and your shoulder, it can now be treated with the latest in precision medicine using natural biologics, growth factors that can restore and repair damaged tissue. Really exciting stuff. QC Kinetics is the nation's leader in regenerative medicine, giving you access right here to this modern-day joint pain solution. You can get lasting joint pain relief with no drugs, no steroids, no downtime, and no surgery. You've heard Emmett Smith raving about QC Kinetics. You've read or seen other high-profile people talking about it. Regenerative medicine at QC Kinetics can help you get your life back. Take action now. Get a free consultation. Powerful, effective joint pain treatments with natural biologics are here. Call QC Kinetics, 337-243-4222. That's 337-243-4222. Don't forget to vote on our poll question of the day on this Way Back Wednesday edition of RP3 and Company. It's all about food as it is every Wednesday. What is your go-to dipping sauce for your chicken tenders? We want to know. It's highly debated around here, so we asked you to let us know what is your go-to. Is it honey mustard? Is it barbecue? Is it ranch? Or is it something else? Get those votes in. Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter before we wrap up today's show. But right now, it's time for us to talk all things New Orleans Saints with one of the co-hosts. Is he the best one? Yeah, okay. Of the Saints Happy Hour podcast. It's our good friend, the dapper one himself, a man who knows how to dress in public, the one and only, Mr. Andrew Juge. Andrew, good morning. Happy Easter. Belated Easter to you and your family, bud. How are you? Yeah, happy Easter, buddy. Look, I don't know if my wife would agree with you on the uh, entire <laughs> comment there. Uh, yeah, but you, I appreciate it nonetheless. You I are the endorsement. You, you are when she lays out your clothes. Um, <laughs> no, that's Ralph. That's not me. That's Ralph. <laughs> All right, brother. Let's uh, Let's talk. Before we dive into the draft for the Saints, let's talk about the latest. Yet another former LSU Tiger 
is coming in for an interview with the Saints. The last one that did that, Tyron Matthew, did not sign, even though there's still mutual interest there. But Jarvis Landry is reportedly coming in. What do you make of this, and do you think the Saints are going to sign the former Tiger? Ah, man, listen, these two moves, both of them, they just make so much sense. And and I I would say this, regardless of where these guys went to school, where they went to college, that's kind of beside the point. I think the Saints need a receiver. They need a safety. And Matthew and Landry would check both of those boxes. And look, these are two, I, I don't know how much they have left in the tank at this point in their careers, but these are two guys that have been very successful in the NFL. And so, I think you look at positions of need, guys that have been successful, veterans, and I think there'd be a ton of fan excitement if, if these two guys were signed. And now add to that the fact that they both went to LSU, and I think that that puts it on steroids for me. So I, I, I think it's it's one of those things that, especially Dennis Allen as a first-year head coach, and when you consider how quiet the Saints have been in free agency – I would love to see both of these happen. I think it needs to happen for fan excitement, preferably before the draft. Maybe these guys are waiting until after the draft to see how things shake out. But a lot of times when you have guys come in for a visit during free agency, it's an acclimation period. Uh, And we've seen this time and time again, again with the Saints where they're probably getting lowballed, where the player maybe doesn't like what they're being offered financially but they're still out there because other teams aren't really stepping up and giving them what they want financially either. And so they've got a, they're at a place where they have to stomach making maybe less than they were hoping to. And so now it starts to become maybe about fit about X factors about, look, if I'm not going to make the money I want, uh, what's the best place for me. And so hopefully these visits are enough. I I think a lot of times uh, after these visits, you'll see the player go home, reassess things, maybe go on another visit. Uh, and not make a decision in haste. So I, I would be surprised to see it get locked down and finalized today. I think he'll do the visit, and then he'll go home, and, and we'll see where it goes from there. Uh, but I, I won't hide my uh, my desire to have both of these players in the building. I think it would be great for the fan base. I think it would be great for fan excitement, and, and, and it would help the team a lot. Speaking of former Tigers, Quan Alexander is visiting with other teams. It does not appear – that they're going to be able to bring him back as much as he enjoyed playing for the Saints. Is that because of the price point, or is that because of how well Pete Werner did for them and did for Dennis Allen? Yeah, exactly. I think there's a blocker for Quan Alexander this coming season. I think the way that Pete Werner has played in his rookie season, he he deserves more playing time. And I think it's one of those things where, is this a good situation for Quan Alexander at the stage of his career where he would be maybe in a diminished role uh, where he wouldn't play as much? And then I think, I think the saints in a perfect world would maybe want him back. But I think when you consider that, Hey, if we're going to start Pete Werner, this is what we'd be willing to pay a backup linebacker who only comes if we really need him to come in in an injury situation. And uh, look, I think they would carve out a role for him, but I think it would be limited enough that financially, they don't really have much to offer Quan Alexander. And so he may find another opportunity where he can start uh, or maybe a team that will give him more money. And so I wouldn't close the door completely on a Quan Alexander return, but I think you hit the nail on the head with Pete Werner, his ascension. uh, He's only going to see more playing time this year. And I think the Saints are really, really high on him. So uh, I think that's a big part of the equation there. 
Andrew, I keep hearing buzz, not about quarterback, but the Saints are falling in love with a certain defensive lineman from the University of Georgia. And a lot of people are kind of freaking out by that. But if you look at what Mickey does, what do they like to do? The positions that they put a premium price tag on in the first two rounds of the draft are D-line, O-line, DB, and then wide receiver. Those are the four, man. Would it stun you if the Saints drafted another defensive lineman this year? Not even a little bit. Uh, and look, I think, look, we know they value those positions. You just said it. That's historical. Uh, but then on top of that, there's a need on the offensive line. There's a need at defensive tackle. Those are spots that the Saints could draft and, and have immediate starters. Look, Onyemata is kind of cemented in as one of your starting defensive tackles. But who's your second one? Is it Contavious Street? Is it Shia Tuttle? Uh, look, there, there's a number of guys that are good players at defensive tackle. I'm not trying to diminish those guys in any way. But if the Saints take a defensive tackle in the first round, he would be starting over all those guys I just mentioned. So I, there's a need there. They, they lost her on Armstead. So if they take a tackle, there's a need there. And so I know it wouldn't be maybe the most attractive pick for Saints fans, but it is a need. And it's, as you said, something that they value. Uh, so I, I believe you're talking about Jordan Davis, of course, and I think there's some chances that he would fall to 16. And I think if he was available there at 16, uh, that's something that merits serious consideration because he may be the best player available at that spot. And they and do like regardless. drafting best player available. That's the other part of their philosophy. They like those four yeah. positions, but they also draft the best guy on their board. That's right. Absolutely. Uh, I will throw out that I have also heard the Saints have uh, significant interest in Charles Cross, Ooh. Um, the tackle out of Mississippi State. Uh, that's a guy they like a lot. I'm told that Chris Olave is another guy they like a lot, uh, the receiver out of Ohio State. Uh, the rub with Jordan Davis or Olave is you hope that at 16, one, if not both of those guys could fall to you. I don't believe that Charles Cross will. And so uh, if they decide they value Charles Cross enough, uh, then they may move up to try to go get him. Talking with Andrew Juge of the Saints Happy Hour podcast. He joins us here on RP3 and Company. All right, bud, I'm, I'm going to give you the microphone here because I, I've, I've said this for a long time. Look, do I believe the Saints love Jameis Winston? No. If they did, they would have gave him a long-term deal. But this team has only drafted one quarterback in the first two rounds ever. They don't do that. This is not a strong quarterback class. And they have signed... Three quarterbacks this offseason. Bortles was let go because he asked to be let go. But they signed Blake Bortles. They signed Jameis Winston. They signed Andy Dalton. And they still have Ian Book, who they drafted last year in the middle of the rounds. And they still have Taysom Hill, who they're moving to tight end. Is a team that does all of that and has their philosophy, in what world are they drafting a quarterback? I think it's possible that they would draft a guy if there was value maybe in the second round with Sam Howell or maybe value in the third round with a Carson strong. So I, I think it's possible they would take a guy, but uh, I would be, I would be surprised to see it, especially in the first round. Uh, I'm with you. I, I think the combination of they've kind of settled in at that position. They have so many needs at other spots. And on top of that, as you said, it's a weak quarterback class. So I know that Sean Payton was very high on Kenny Pickett. Uh, my understanding is that since he has left, the Saints have cooled 
in their interest in Pickett uh, to a significant degree. So I don't know that they're going to get him. And then beyond that, you look at the other guys. Now, look, I will say this. The Saints are certainly doing their homework on those guys. Right. They, they have had a visit with Desmond Ritter. They've had a visit with Matt Corral, with Sam Howell, uh, with Malik Willis, uh, and with Kenny Pickett. So they're certainly doing their homework, and they're doing their due diligence to see what these guys have. And then you try to slot where you would want to take them, where they might be highest on your board. But at the end of the day, at 16 and 19, uh, you know, and Malik Willis, you look at a guy who's had very poor competition in college, very raw. I mean, I think it would take a lot of time to develop him. There's a lot of unknowns with Malik Willis, even though he's extremely talented. I still think Kenny Pickett is probably the best prospect in this draft. But to me, that's still a guy you take in the late 20s. Now, I think there's a team out there that might take him in the top 10 or in the top 15. And there, there's a team that might take Malik Willis in the top 10. Uh, but I don't believe as prospects that's where they should be taken. Uh, and so I think the Saints – and that's the thing. I think the Saints would take quarterbacks, but they tend to always get overdrafted. And I think the Saints have always been very careful about slotting players where they belong. Correct. And because quarterbacks tend to get overdrafted, the Saints don't touch them because they're not going to reach for guys like that. One more for you, bud, and then we'll let you go. So let's say they don't trade up, which they like to do, and they've already kind of done that. Uh, they never trade back. So as it stands right now, we're a week and a day away from the draft. Who do you think the Saints are going to take with those two first-round picks? How do you how are you mocking up the first round and maybe even that second-round pick, number 49, for the Saints? I still think there's a chance they try to move up to go get Charles Cross. Uh, I think right now they have prioritized replacing Teron Armstead, and, and that feels like if they if they lose out on Charles Cross – uh, I know they like Aquano out of North Carolina State. They really like Evan Neal out of Alabama. So uh, those may be guys they try to get if they lose out on Charles Cross. But I think Cross is the guy right now. Uh, now, if they're unable to move up and go get him, there there always has to be a willing participant. There has to be a trade partner uh, for you to be able to do that. If they stay at 16 and 19, I think Chris Olave is a, is a very strong candidate, the receiver out of Ohio State. Uh, I've been told he's highest on their board. So that's a guy they'll look at uh, Jordan Davis if he falls. And then I think there's a lot, look, there's a lot of talent. I don't think Kyle Hamilton falls, but Lewis kind at safety is maybe another guy to look at uh, potentially at 19. Um, but there's a lot of different ways they can go. And so much of it depends on what happens ahead of them. When you're picking 16, it's really difficult to project uh, because it can go so many different ways. But, I, but I think if you're a saints fan, the key here is, root for quarterbacks to be taken because the mock drafts no one really knows and it's all over the place with quarterbacks you see some mocks where kenny pickett and malik willis both go in the top 10 and then i think sometimes you have teams that'll panic they'll trade up and they'll try to go get desmond ritter to make sure they get in before all the good ones are gone uh and i've seen some mocks where no quarterbacks taken before 18. Uh, so i think if you're the saints you're maybe kind of hoping some of those quarterbacks get taken earlier than expected, and that drops a lot of the talent down the board. Andrew, appreciate your time as always. Brother, can you make time for us next week as well? Of course. Anytime for Raymond Parks. Oh, Andrew Juge, my man. He's my favorite of the guys from the Saints Happy Hour podcast. I don't know if that means anything to you, brother. It means the world. <laughs> appreciate it, Raymond. He's the only one that I know, so he is my favorite. <laughs> 
five names. I, just so you, if you got to know the other guys, I believe I would still be. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you're on the smiling face, so yes. <laughs> Thank you, Andrew. Enjoy your week, brother. <laughs> Anytime. Looking forward to next week. We got to take a time out. We'll update the poll question of the day. And we get you set up for Kevin Foot and Footnotes. That's all next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Oh, the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with a $50 gift certificate to Richard's Seafood Patio in Abbeville. Richard's Seafood Patio is some of the best boiled crawfish, but also serves up the boiled shrimp, crabs, fried and grilled seafood, burgers, steaks, pool boys, and even a seafood buffet. Go sign up right now for the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com for a chance to score a $50 gift certificate to Richard Seafood Patio. You can only score that bad boy by becoming a member of our rewards club. Go sign up today. It's free to do so. While we finalize the poll question of the day, I want to take a moment to thank all of our guests. Ron Higgins from Tiger Details, talking all things LSU. Vinny Iyer. NFL reporter for the Sporting News, and our buddy Andrew Juch from the Saints Happy Hour podcast. A lot of draft talk today. Once again, the NFL draft is a week from tomorrow. Poll question of the day on this way back Wednesday edition of RP3 and Company, where we played some of the best rock music from 1992 today. Woo! Shout out to the producer extraordinaire for making that happen. Poll question of the day, though. It's our foodie question of the week. What do you dip your chicken tenders in? Winning the vote. 70 of you cast votes on this bad boy today. We know how to get to you with the food. 33% of you say other. 27% say honey mustard comes in second place. Barbecue sauce with 26% of the vote third. And ranch, 14% of the vote, is a distant fourth. Sorry, Hannah, five names. It's okay. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> Even though some of the answers were black and ranch from Popeyes. <laughs> a lot of y'all said buffalo sauce. A lot of y'all said raisin cane sauce, mama's sauce, secret sauce, ketchup, white gravy. White gravy and chicken tenders is undefeated. Ooh, that is mm-hmm. really good. Thank you for all who voted on our silly poll question of the day. We appreciate you. I'm so proud of all of you. We are proud of all you. Once again, reminder, Astros angels tonight right here on the game first pitch 540 you can listen to it right here on the game for the producer extraordinaire hannah five names i'm raymond parts the third better known as rp3 we'll do it all again tomorrow six to nine but until then be safe out there be kind to one another kevin foot and footnotes is up next right here on the game 1037 lafayette 1041 lake charles southwest louisiana sports station